a front row seat to the untold stories as we talk about how to live life on your terms. You're officially part of the inner circle. Welcome to Courtside with Courtney. And don't worry, I comped your ticket. I was very intentional when picking guests for my podcast, and I really wanted my first guest to be someone super special to me, and I can't think of anyone more special to me than this woman here in front of me. They say behind every great man is a woman. Well, behind me is the person sitting next to me right now. to the left currently, but my whole life truly behind me. The woman, the myth, the legend, everyone, Liz, my mom. Oh, how sweet. Don't get mushy on me already. I'm not. I'm not. I got this. Let's set the stage by just saying we're in a safe space. Uh-oh. All is okay. <laughs> no, I know you, this is out of your comfort zone. Way out of my comfort zone. So we all appreciate you being here. Thank you. And I'll try to take it kind of easy on you, but we're going to get into some very real things because thus is life. First up, I want to talk about, I'm so grateful for our relationship. And I think that's something that a lot of people wish they had or want to cultivate in their own life with their own kids. Mm -hmm. So how do you think you really created such a safe space for me as a kid to set the tone for the type of relationship that we have, because we have such a, an amazing, like sacred, real relationship that I don't think a lot of people have. And it was because this tone that you set and the stage that you set from my point of view was always, this is a safe space. Like you can tell me anything I'm here for you. I might not love it, but I'm not going to judge you. And you can always come here. So to me, home is always, it should be your safe space. It should be unconditional love. And I think that's what, I think that's what you strive for. And so that means, you know, you can talk about anything, you can say anything. Maybe I don't love it. Maybe I don't agree with it, but it doesn't affect how you feel about someone, you know, just because you do something that's great or not great, that has nothing to do with how you love someone. And so I think that was important. I always wanted you to know home was where you were safe. Home was where you always came for comfort or safety or. But can you remember actual things you did or said that helped create that space? I think you just talk. I think you talk about it. I think we talked about that. And I think, we, you know, you say, you know, I think that's why you, the house was always open. You came with friends. I think you want people to feel comfortable. You want them to feel safe. And I think I grew up in a very loving family and I wanted to be sure that you guys did that. And I think when I grew up, I I thought everybody grew up that way with a mom and dad who just loved them and let them be. Not that I didn't get yelled at a few times myself, but it was still okay. You knew that it was okay. And unconditional, unconditional. And I think that's what family is. It's unconditional love. It's not earned love. It's unconditional. It's ironic too, because it feels cyclical almost. It's like, I guess like a catch 22. I think when you have that unconditional love, there's a lot of a lower likelihood that you're going to want to act out and do crazy things Mm -hmm. because you feel that sense of love and security. But on the flip side, when you don't have that, it's like people do act up. It's almost like a catch-22. Well, it's like, you know, you're being told you can't do something. Makes you want to do it even more. Do you remember the conversation that we had? I have a vivid memory of this. Uh (laughs) On, I think I came and I was sitting on your bed and you were like, look, this isn't something I'm condoning. And do you know what I'm going to say? I know exactly where you're going. (laughs) This isn't something that I'm condoning. And um, I'm not encouraging this, Uh but- you basically were like, do you need birth control? Uh-huh. Yeah. Because <laughs> we, again, you need to be safe and do you know how to be safe? Do you remember that? Yes, I do. When you said you came inside of my bed, I just, all of a sudden it flashed and I don't have a great memory, but that one did flash. And that's a tough moment as a mom. Did you think about that beforehand? Were you like kind of thinking through, okay, I have to bring this up. How am I going to bring this up? Were you nervous? No, I, I think in the moment though, as a parent, you always... I guess you always worry, are you doing the right thing? I think probably it's better that you don't know when you have a kid because they don't hand you a manual, but it's scary how much you can really affect them. I mean, I think people 
come out a certain way. I mean, I think their traits, you know, I guess this is nurture or environment thing, but I think they're traits that are there, but I think you can definitely affect a person in a positive or negative way. And at times that's daunting as a parent. You know, should I have said, absolutely not. You shouldn't be having sex. You're saying, you know? <laughs> but, but again, again, that kind of goes back to the forbidding something. I yes. mean, I could have said it all day long and you would have still done it. So at that point, you just try to think, how do I manage this responsibly as a parent? Yeah, I'm under the mindset. And you guys were the same way, you and dad both, when it came to drinking and stuff like that. I grew up in the dare era, so I never really had a strong desire um, to try drugs. It just was never my thing. Shopping is the only (laughs) addiction that I have. But- I and we couldn't control that one. No, and I couldn't. Well, actually, no, I would argue the opposite point. I would say because dad was um, frugal, bordering cheap often, he probably did the forbidden thing. And that's probably why oh, I have a shopping Well, see, yeah, I think don't ever forbid anybody anything. I mean, I don't. I think you can say, I don't, you know, do you want to think about this this way? But because that's me. If somebody tells me no, I want to do it just because they told me no. Yeah. So even when it came to drinking and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. you guys always had a similar approach. It was, we don't condone this. I don't think that this is a good idea, but generally speaking, I know you're going to do it. So if you do it, do it in a safe way, which to us looked like either being at home or if I was going to be out somewhere, it was always really emphasized that absolutely no matter what, do not drink and drive period. And still to this day, I will not drink and drive. Yeah. Yeah. Pick up the phone. We'll pick you up. No questions asked. Yes. That was, that was the other thing. It was, you're not going to be in trouble Yes, because it can't be this luring in of like, (laughs) and then call me if you need me. (laughs) And then I'm going to just crucify you for it. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys always said, call us. Mm-hmm. If you need us, we'll pick you up. I don't care where you are. I don't care what time it is. We won't ask mm-hmm. questions. You won't be in trouble because this is before the days of Uber. Yes, yes. And you guys always came and got us. Was that a conversation you and dad had behind closed doors? Like, let's talk about this. How did you approach remember. that? I think we just both agreed. I, you know, and I think too, you grow up a certain way and then you have friends that grow up maybe a little bit different than you or, or with or in a family that the parents had different parenting skills. So I think you're very, I was very observant of all that growing up. And I kind of, you know, you kind of make your list of what do you want your home to be like? What do you want your kids to feel like in your home? And so you kind of make your action list on how you want to accomplish that. Our house was always the house that everyone came. Yeah. Your dad used to tease me, you know, what he goes, what did you do to these kids? They never want to leave. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably pretty true. Um, we still don't. Kinsley and I and my mom sleep three deep in her bed when we come over, all of us together, which is, I mean. Awesome. We love it. Yeah. So you and dad communicated about that, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. And then it. If I'm hearing you correctly, your biggest takeaway as far as like creating that type of environment and relationship with your kids is be open and have conversations, open the dialogue, be the adult and open the dialogue. Open the dialogue. And Tom's is tough. And I mean, Tom's, I know you would get cranky at me. You would tell me something. And I, you know, we'd say, just because you tell the truth, that means you're never going to get in trouble, but it's better. And I think, you know, so sometimes there's a, a line that you walk there. You can't just. I didn't really get in trouble though. It was more like you would tell me if you didn't agree. And sometimes I was like, okay, I was just telling you, I didn't know if I was ready for your opinion about it yet, but it's not like you, I got in trouble. Like if I went out and I drank, you never, I got, I didn't get in trouble. It was just like, you would be maybe disappointed or. Right. But it wasn't just like a blanket pass kind of, I guess is what I'm trying to say. You didn't let me do whatever I wanted. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. So there was the line that you have to balance to still keep the communication open. Well, I think that's what I respected so much. You, you and dad, both walked the line of being a parent. Mm-hmm. We're friends now, but you were absolutely my parent growing up. Yes. But it you weren't condemning. I didn't feel. Right. Yeah. And, and I that, think that's a hard balance. It is hard because I can remember, I can't remember what caused it, but I can remember saying to you one time, you know, I am your friend, but when it comes down to the choice, I'll always pull the parent card. You know, when you were younger, you have to, you know, you had friends. You didn't need another friend. When you're young, you didn't need a friend. You needed a parent. In every adult's life, there comes this time, or at least this has been my experience, where you realize that your parents aren't just your parents, but like, surprise, they're people. (laughs) That time probably came for me when I realized you were married before dad. Oh, 
Yes. I didn't know you were married before dad until I think I was like 17 years old. Yeah. Well, it's not something, you know, you tell your five-year-old because, you know, I was married when I was very young. And and you had no kids. And I was married for a brief time and I had no kids. So it was kind of just a different chapter of my life. It wasn't anything that ever would roll in and affect you. Talk to me about that. You married, he was, was he your high school sweetheart? high school sweetheart, yeah. I married him after my second year in college. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? But I also finished college in four years. I love all of that. (laughs) Humble brag. (laughs) So you married him. When did you realize your marriage wasn't going to work? Or it was, I don't know, I'm not going to call it a mistake, but when did you realize that it wasn't for you? Um, I think I was married like two and a half years. So I wasn't married that long. And I just realized, A, we were way too young. We were too young to be married. And I just realized I wasn't happy. He didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. I just realized this wasn't what was right for me. Did that change though? Because obviously you were happy at some point. I think, I guess maybe we were growing up. I got out of school before he did and I started working. It, it, it goes to that thing you talk about when you marry somebody at 20 or 21. Is it the same person you marry at 35? And I think we kind of hit different roads early on because he was still in school and he was in the air force and I had graduated and was working. And I think I probably I didn't know he was in the air force. Mm-hmm. I think I probably at that level, not now, but at that level, I probably started maybe maturing quicker than he did and in a different path. Mm-hmm. So things that were, you know, cute when you're 18 aren't cute at 21 or 22 and you're out working. And I think that was it. So there was no traumatic moment. Was it you that asked for the divorce? It was. How did your parents react when you told them? Were you nervous to tell them? I was nervous to tell them. Because they're very Southern. Very Southern. You grew up in a small town. Yes. Very small town. And Yes. No, that was hard. Plus it's hard. I think when you personally, even though I was the one doing it, I knew it was the right thing for me. It's a failure. Comes with a level of guilt. Guilt. It comes with guilt, which I carried for a very long time. Probably still do a little bit. How did your parents react when you told them? I don't think they were shocked. I think they knew me well enough that they could see like over the last year that, you know, things weren't great. And so I don't think they were shocked buy it. Were they fairly supportive? They were supportive. So yes, they were, you know, I'm sure they were disappointed in the little small town. I'm sure too back then, you know, gossip. I'm sure I was a goth. I'm sure it was the gossip for a bit that it happened, you know, cause we both grew up together in this little small town, but shout um, out to anyone who was listening. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but they never made me feel bad about it. And, you know, if anything, I think it's harder on you. I, I felt bad. I felt guilty mm-hmm. and I felt like I had failed at something and I felt like I'd really hurt another human being, which was very hard on me. Did that give you pause moving forward? Obviously, how many years between your divorce? Nine. And, until you married dad? Nine. Nine years. So were you apprehensive about getting oh, yeah. married again? Yes. A- apprehensive about getting close to somebody didn't want to hurt anybody. I was the queen of date you once, date you twice, done. done. Were you the original ghoster? Um, Did you ghost people? No, I didn't ghost. I just turned them down. No, but I would date like somebody one or two times and was done. And then if it got a little bit longer, as soon as they wanted to take me home to mama, gone, gone, gone. So we had, so my commitment issues are um, genetic. I guess. But mine was more, I just didn't want to hurt anybody again. I think I really carried a lot of guilt. And so, yeah, so I just didn't, and didn't want to get, plus you, you know, when you, at that age, I mean, even though I'm the one that did it, it was hard. It was hard on me. I was really sad. And, and then you realize. It's always hard. Yeah. But you realize so much of your happiness is tied up in another person. I remember telling myself I would never go all in again on anybody that I would always keep a little piece of me so that if something went south, I could pull myself out. I just gave this advice earlier, but I think you don't know who someone is until you spent an extended amount of time with them. But I think like the first 90 days, three months, people can mask who they are really well until about three or four months in and then shit hits the fan every single time. If someone is hiding who they are, their true colors start to show through at that three to four month mark every single time. 
Yeah. I, well, and I would say, I think it's when you start living a normal life together. That is the honeymoon phase is over. Oh yeah. I mean, anybody's fun when you're dating or traveling or going out and I, anybody can have a good time. It is the day to day. Somebody comes home from a bad day at work. How do you handle that? How do they handle that in the relationship? That's when you figure out who somebody is and not even who they are. Is it, is it somebody you want to spend time with? You know, not every great guy is your guy. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with the guy. He's just not the right fit for yeah, you. I'm a big believer of that. Someone yeah. can be perfect and not perfect for you. Yes. My college boyfriend mm-hmm. on paper, Look Kyle. Great. Look great. Amazing <laughs> on paper. And he was an amazing human. He was, he was such a good person, but shout out Kyle. But he just wasn't my person. He wasn't your person. And that's okay. Uh-huh. So did you know, I know dad, when dad met you, mm-hmm. he knew right away. It took you guys a while to get there, which I think is smart. But he said he knew right away that you were his person. Did you know? I was Gaga right away. But he was from York. I was a he was charming. Southern girl. He was, you know, your dad. He was super charming. Yes. And I remember he came in a suit and he had monogram cufflinks. I was Gaga right off the bat. Yeah. <laughs> he was very suave. I was Gaga. I don't know if I was in love right off the bat, but I was Definitely infatuated right off the bat. He told you the night that he met you that he was going to marry you. Yep. He said, I'll marry you. He said, I'm not ready, but I'll marry you one day. I think now we know who I have to blame for my unrealistic (laughs) romantic (laughs) expectations. Um, But it's not without trial and tribulation. I mean, you had to go through a failed marriage, a divorce. Mm -hmm. I don't think those things are failures personally, because I think like you wouldn't be who you are today, where you are, had you not experienced them. Yes. But I know what you mean when you say- They mold who you are. I don't know whether you count them as that a failure or not. I mean, I guess it's not a a big overall regret because it's who I am now because of it. But yeah, I mean, definitely everything you go through molds you a little bit. Totally. So you were infatuated immediately. Mm -hmm. It was. You guys dated for a couple of years. Mm Mm-hmm got married, had a really successful marriage, obviously ups and downs like any marriage, Mm -hmm. but overall very net positive, healthy, amazing marriage that I learned a lot from. How long were you married for? Yeah. Almost 35 years. That's a long time. I can't imagine. Long time with one person. (laughs) I don't know if I can like somebody for that long, but I hope so. Something that you taught me that I thought was really interesting always was like it, the beauty of building equity with someone. Yeah. Having that time spent, which is something that after I got divorced, I went through this phase of sort of feeling like, I don't know if I want to get married again. Mm-hmm. At this point in my life, I would, but only for the right person, the right person. And I think that that's so fucking hard to find yep. that we were not there yet, <laughs> but- Anything less than that, I don't want it. But if I can find that, of yes. course, it's something that I want because I want to build that equity with someone. When you say that, you mean someone that knows you better than anyone. Can you elaborate on that? Yes. It, it kind of goes back to the home thing. It's that safe person that when you come in the door at night, they know you. They know who you are. They know the good and the bad. It doesn't mean it's no perfect person. Heck, we aren't. It's knowing the good and the bad, accepting that in another person. And it's just someone and who knows your history. He knows, you know, things about you and stuff. And it's a person you can just be yourself with. And you have history together. And there's a lot to be said for that. But I will say, I think being alone is more positive than a bad marriage. I can't imagine coming home, home. I'm so into the home, but can you imagine coming home and dreading walking in the door because of the person that's there? In fact, I can. Okay. So as, you know, as much as I think it's fabulous, if you can find that person, I think you're always better off alone than with the wrong person because you've kind of polluted the safe space of home. Yeah. Yeah, There's no place to run. There's no Uh place to go Mm -mm. when your home doesn't even feel like in even emotionally safe place to be or a place that makes you happy and that you want to be. Exactly. I do get that. I think it's definitely the loneliest. I think it's more lonely than being alone. Yes. Is like trapped in something. Mm -hmm. There's a level of freedom that comes when you release something that isn't for you. Yeah. But of course it's not free of baggage and everything else. But 
Yeah. I mean, I definitely have felt like that. What things do you think you took forward to your marriage with dad that made it as successful as it was given that your marriage before obviously didn't work? Marriage is compromise. I don't care how perfect the person is. It's compromise. And so I think you, you learn, there's that balance that you learn that you have to compromise for this other human being, but you also have to learn where's your boundary on compromise that you're not giving yourself up. Mm. And I think that's what's important. You've got to still be true to yourself, but know you've got to bend for the other person. They need to do the same. You don't want somebody to bend to mold to you because they're going to end up being unhappy at some point and it's going to blow anyway. It has anyway. to be equitable. It, it does. And that's hard. And that's hard to, you know. Balance. Do you think that it's possible to have moments within a healthy marriage where you're skewed too far one direction? Like, did, were there moments that oh, you yes. felt, yes. you felt like you were giving up too much of yourself and yes. you had to rebalance? Yes, yes, yes. I think there are times when you're compromising because you're trying to keep everybody happy. And then all of a sudden you go, wait a minute, maybe I'm crossing a line because I'm, I'm becoming unhappy. I'm not being me. So then you kind of have to reel back and hope the other person can step in and understand that and step one step forward too. What do you think is a tool that you use to get in ba- like back in balance when you feel out of balance like that? Sometimes I just try to think about what makes me happy what that balance is. I mean, I know when I'm out of balance, I know there's pieces of me that are out of balance right now. And I kind of have to think about how can I work that back in to, to, you know, to balance myself back out. So I think that's knowing yourself. That is knowing yourself. Million dollar question. Can people change? I will say this. I think it's like giving up smoking or giving up drinking. If you're an alcoholic, I think you can change only if you want to change. If you know that there's something in you that maybe is easy for you because that's just who you are, but maybe it's not the best version of you. So you work to change that to better yourself. I think in that way you can change. I don't think anybody should ever change for another human being, quite frankly. I think you should change to improve who you are. Good answer. And you shouldn't want to change someone. No, they're probably not the right person. Yeah, that's what, yeah, yeah. That's what I said, same thing. Somebody can't bend to you because mm-hmm. they want you so bad. They start acting in the way they think you, you know, would work for you. They'll end up being miserable. A question I'm scared to ask. Uh-uh. <laughs> I can tell by your look. Go for it. How many boyfriends of mine have you actually liked? Oh, wow. Wait, now that's two different Relationships. questions. Okay, that's different relations. People that's, you have met. No, that here. here's my question though. How many do I think I like them because I like them as a person or I like them because I thought they were possibly a good fit for you. That's two different questions. You can answer two different answers. There's two that I think were possibly good fits for you. and But there were some that were really nice guys, but they weren't the right guy for you. And I could also see that nice guy, nothing wrong with them, but they weren't in the long run. They would not have been a good fit for you. Did they both play baseball? Did they both play baseball? I don't think so. Oh, maybe I'm off. Anyway. Oh, no, no, no. They didn't both play baseball. Really? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> Topic change. Beauty tip you swear by. Take your makeup off before you go to bed. Take Clean your face before you go to bed. That's who we need to get to sponsor this podcast. Pond's, <laughs> Pond's cold, cold cream. cold cream <laughs> that mother uses still. Yeah. <laughs> Leah. Leah at 97. I need to have Leah on the podcast. That Leah would be at, so fun. It, and you know what? I find it uncomfortable. Leah would love it. She, <laughs> she loves would the love limelight. It. She loves the limelight. I, on the other hand, am much more private, but she would love it. Yeah. <laughs> What's something that people may not know about me? You have a funny quick wit. I don't know if that always snaps on Instagram or, so. or, or pictures, but yes, you are pretty funny on your comebacks. And Smart. You're actually very smart. You may not actually. Be, see, yeah, actually, no, no, me, no. But you know what? You may not be probably because of growing up. Because I don't think you were interested. Not book smart, but you were very smart. You're very intuitive. Thank you. It took me a while. Real talk. It took me a while to realize that you were smart. That I was smart mm-hmm. because I don't think 
Yes. I think what you're trying to say is the way that the school system, the like education yes. system works. Mm-hmm. I, if you don't have incredible teachers, if you're not super interested in what you're learning, you're not going to appear as traditionally. Really That's what smart. I'm saying. Yes. Traditionally, but you are quite smart. You Thank are, you. Yes. You are, you are very smart. I'm amazed at what you've done. You're very smart and you're an amazing mom. Thank you. You're an amazing mom. I learned from the best. I want to take a couple of questions from Mm -hmm. people that asked on Instagram who have been following along for years. I think there's some really fun ones in there. Does Liz work slash have or had a career over the years? Yes. Oddly enough, backwards. My degree's an interior designer. So I worked there for a bit in that field, worked in an auction house in New York, then had Courtney and Tripp, did not work for many long years, and then my father passed away in 2016, and I took um, run the family real estate business, which is interesting. So, and then when Ed passed away, we my dad. St- we still have a company there that I I oversee. I don't run it. I oversee. So, as my sister says, I had a backwards career. I didn't work for a million years, and now I have two crazy different jobs that you know. So it's kind of on the job training that I started in my early sixties. Never <laughs> too late to start something. That's true. You really stepped up in both instances, which I think is rather impressive. Does she tell you if a guy isn't right for you and do I listen? So is this, this question's kind of for both of us, I guess, cause it's directed at me. Do, do I you, tell yeah. you if a guy is not right for you? I think I do. I think I try to be, I kind of try to keep my opinion until you ask my father always said, do not ask me my opinion unless you want to hear the truth. So whether that's good or bad, don't ask. But if you do ask, I'm going to tell you the truth. So do I listen or take your advice? I think you listen. I don't know that you always at that moment take my advice, but I do think it rattles around in the back. But is that a fair thing? I, yeah. I, I know you listen. You may not react like react on it in that moment, but I think you it's back there. Agree. Your opinion always held a lot of weight for me, has mm-hmm. always held a lot of weight for me. So I think sometimes when I do ask, um, it takes a minute to digest that because mm-hmm. I know that it's a big deal. Yes. So it would be kind of crazy to hear that opinion and then like break up with mm-hmm. someone 45 no, yeah. seconds later. So it's like a need to digest mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I have, however, had instances where I'll come in and say, this is a situation. It's not serious. And I don't want your opinion. Yeah, that's true. And I won't give it. That's fine. You know, yeah. your eyes say differently. Well, you know, I am a human. Remember, I'm not just your mom. You found out I was a person. That's yeah. true. How do you keep such a great relationship with your children? We touched on this a lot earlier, but I think this is an interesting sort of second part to that question because I asked you how you created that foundation. How do you maintain that over the years Um, now that we're adults? Yeah, I think I just try to keep connected to you, keep open, but not try to overstep in your life. You are both amazing grown adults and I try not to step in or be too, you know, needy or whiny or, you know, I kind of let, I try to let you live your life. And, you know, I guess that's, I don't know. I think that's all on foundation. I think, you know, when you get older. What's the best way to support someone who's grieving their spouse? How could people show up for people in their lives if that's like what they're going through? I think you just show up and are there. It is a hard thing to explain to someone unless they've lost a spouse. It is impossible. And so and I so I am aware that it's hard for the other person to know what to do for you. You know, and, and so I guess I just I understand they're coming from a good place. But if you haven't been through it, you have no idea what to say. And I, I get that. For me, the advice that I always give on this is just show up. As you said, I physically show Mm -hmm. up, Yes, emotionally show up for someone. And I think it's even okay to say, hey, I don't know the right thing to say. I don't have the right thing to say. I've never been through this. Yeah, but I'm here. I'm here. How can I help? Yeah, that's what I'll say. Or if a friend's going through something, just I'm here. I'm thinking about you. Anything you need. There is nothing worse than someone trying to relate it 
to something in their life that has it is so fucking annoying. Uh-huh. But you have to remember, they don't know. They're but trying it, to help. People are asking for advice. Yes. So peel back the southern part of you that's uh. giving me these vanilla ass <laughs> answers and give me a real speak your mind. I found it always more comforting when someone came up to me and would tell me a story or a story about Ed that I didn't know or something funny that happened. I don't do well when somebody comes up with me with sad puppy dog. I'm so sorry. Uh-huh, and hugs me. That is just useless to me. It just makes me cry and doesn't help me at all. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Well, welcome, welcome. Um, yeah, but you know what I mean? They look that pit up. They look at you if they feel so sorry for you. And it's like I don't want worst. you to feel sorry for me. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a great response. I think just literally showing up. And just be there. My pet peeve was when people always say, because obviously it was my dad that I lost, not yeah. a spouse. It's different, but at a young age. And when people try to relate it to a, a loss they've had, oh, I lost my grandfather this year. Not the same thing. Yeah. Okay. Which I also have dealt with and it sucks. I'm not denying it sucks. It's just not the same it's thing. It's different. Just in the same way that I can't go to someone who's lost a child and said, oh, I lost my dad. I get it. No, I don't. Yeah. I no, don't get it. No. Thankfully. But like, you don't need to pretend like you understand it. It's okay. Yeah. Just show up. Yeah. That's, yeah. I, I like what you said about a story. That's a really good tip. Uh-huh. Share a story or like your favorite time with yes. them or something that's positive is really nice uh-huh. to hear. Yes. What is the most timeless fashion accessory in your opinion? My black leggings. <laughs> <laughs> you are known for a black legging. My black leggings. Or yes, I wore them when they were not in fashion and don't really care. That's a piece of clothing though. I wouldn't say it's an accessory. An accessory. Timeless. Probably pearls are timeless, although mm. I don't wear them that much. But I think pearls are a timeless. I just think of you as wearing like a vintage brooch or something. Mm-hmm. Or the silver bangles that you wear a lot. Yeah. She came in with these silver bangles that we collected, started collecting when I was younger, mm-hmm. um, but they rattle around. So we had to take them off. But they're it's mm-hmm. like a really cool collection. Yeah. I just started collecting them at antique places over the years. Yeah. One embarrassing childhood story of me. Thanks for this one, guys. Do you remember the time you were in that store in Vermont with your dad? And it was when you were doing the braiding, making those little bracelets that were the yarn that you braided, the string that floss. Mm-hmm. And they had this gorgeous display in the store. We were in, it was like were, Michael's or a uh-huh. store like that. Yeah. And, there was and they this- were all color coordinated beautifully on this big display. And you start climbing to reach a color and the entire thing came down. Ironically, <laughs> it was a rainbow wall of string. Oh, yeah. And they were all done beautifully in order and the whole wall came down. To be honest, I don't know if I was embarrassed. I've never really been big on oh, embarrassment. Stuff like that embarrassing you? Yeah. Like, I think it's objectively, it was one of those moments where you're like, oh shit. But yeah. I never felt like deep embarrassment, embarrassment, but it was really funny. It was funny. I thought you were going to say the time that we were in the airport and I ran into the glass wall. Do you remember that? I wasn't with you. I, I was with, with my dad. I was in the Admirals Club in the airport and there was this huge- It was upstairs. Yes. So it was glass. Where? What airport was that in? Do you remember? Chicago or it was some, I can't it was a remember. big hub because it, it was a big Admiral's mm-hmm. club. And my dad was pointing something out to me outside and he was like, Oh, come over here. I want to show you this. And I walked with alacrity into a glass wall, just like straight into the glass wall because something, my depth perception was off and I just didn't know there was a glass wall there. And there was literally a nose print of makeup <laughs> on the glass wall. And I just ran straight into it. That one was probably a little bit embarrassing. Yeah. How did you feel when I approached you about my divorce? Oh, good for you. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, it's hard. And I, and I think it takes strength to get out. Yeah. I think when you're married <laughs> and you have a kid, I think it's very hard to get out. And I think it takes a lot of courage. I mean, it's like you're stepping out and you're stepping into the unknown. But I think you realize that, you know, I mean, yours was farther down the road and you guys had a child together. But I think when you realize this isn't what I want my life to be like, yeah. because it was, I think it's harder to get out when there's no traumatic event. Nobody cheated Cheats on or, somebody. Right. So there's no, you can't get out almost out of anger. You just have to realize this is not, and and it's all, and a, probably, I don't know if it sounds right or not, but it's almost selfish, but you're, you're putting yourself first and realizing this isn't what I want with my life. In my case too, I felt like I was really putting Kinsley first. 
And I think a lot of people mm-hmm. have an opposite approach to that. A lot of people think, oh, you stay for the kids. I think you leave for the kid if that's the case. Because for me, I wanted to show Kensley what a strong woman looked like. I wanted to show her what true love looks like. Yes. Hopefully one day I wanted to show her the best version of me and the best version of Alex for that matter. Exactly. And I knew that we weren't going to be the best versions of each of our, of ourselves with each other. Yeah. And, and I agree with that. I think because I have friends that grew up in a home where the parents stayed together. I think it's total but bullshit, we're, but we're miserable. Yep. And Kids are so smart. They, they, sen- they sense that. So now they're growing up in an unhappy, their parents are together, but yep. they're in an unhappy home. So what are you modeling? Right. And don't you think to a degree that you're actually almost giving them that guilt instead of just taking it on yourself when you do that? I, I don't know that you're giving them guilt, but I think you're showing them. What are you showing them? I, I, I think yeah. there's a negative lessons there. I I felt really blessed to have witnessed a super loving marriage. I think in some weird ways it hindered me Mm -hmm. because I don't think I thought it wouldn't work out when I entered into it. I don't think I was like as cautious as I am now because I hadn't experienced, does that make sense? I hadn't experienced a lot of like trauma or negativity in a relationship past like some high school bullshit, but like I hadn't really experienced true adversity in a relationship. And mm-hmm. so I hadn't, I didn't seriously, as dumb as it might sound, I didn't seriously consider this. It just wouldn't be rosy work. and perfect. Yeah. I yeah. know I'm going to be perfect, but, no, I, but I thought like, oh, mm-hmm. we can get through it. You quickly realize that there are things that you can't get through. Right. Were you surprised when I told you I was getting divorced? No, because I knew y'all were having trouble. So because we talk all the time. So I wasn't someone who wasn't aware that things were going, not, you know, were going on. I've never asked you this. Do you think I did the right thing? Yes. And it is nothing to do with Alex. I think he's a great guy. He's a great dad. It, again, it goes back to two good people. Doesn't mean, but you shouldn't have been married. Your personalities t- brought out the worst in each other instead of the best. That's and what that, I always say when I talk about Alex. We were like oil and water. Yes. We do not, just did not get along. It, you just weren't a good fit to be partners. It doesn't mean, you know, you were a good or bad person or he, you just were not a good match. And so that's what I think. And then that's what I think with relationships. Sometimes. And you saw a lot of that from the inside. Yeah. It just, you guys just weren't, you weren't a good match. You, you know, you have to learn lots of things being together and not everybody, you, like you said, you're going to disagree. You got to learn how to disagree and be respectful. Yep. And you got to learn how to fight fair. To me, when people can't do that, it's an immediate deal breaker. Can't stay with someone, can't fight fair. Because you're going to fight. Yep. You're going to fight. You're not going to be married for 30 years and not disagree. Are you dating? No. Do you want to date? I, do I want to date? Absolutely not. <laughs> do, I, do I wish at times I had someone in my life? Yes. Do I wish I had someone to go to dinner with or go to the movies with or travel with? Yes. But I do I want to go through what I think it probably will take to find that person? I don't think I do. And then when I get down to it, do I really, I think I'm in like a selfish phase of my life. I, do that's I, okay. Do I, think I that's want, okay. do I want to compromise? Because, you know, when it becomes the holidays, I'm going to want my kids with me. And do, yeah, I, do I want to have to bend? Because he's surely going to have kids and family. That's and his then, problem. <laughs> so again, you know, it's relationships are compromised. So it's, it's a mixed thing. Obviously, I don't want it bad enough that I'm not out doing it. But do I wish that I had someone in my life at times? Absolutely. You could, do you think you could casually date? That's even more of a hassle. You just got to- It is a hassle. Yes. And you got to be on and no, do I want somebody I can comfortably go chat and have a good time with? And I want somebody, I want a travel buddy. It's called a friend. <laughs> that's true. That's you have true. a lot of those. That's true. And I think I, that's what I'm going to end up having to round up and do. But yes, so that's the answer, I guess. So you have not dated. I have not dated. When your children grew up and started their own lives, how did you find yourself again? Uh, Let me think about this. I think this is interesting. And maybe you have a different perspective on this. Because obviously the question's for you, not me. But Mm -hmm. my view on it was you've always had a really strong sense of self. I think you absolutely were the glue to the family and you put things of your, I think that you put certain pieces of yourself on the back burner in order Mm -hmm. to 
focus on us, but I never, you never weren't I yourself. I wasn't like you, all in. You to, never yeah. lost yourself. I like, agree. Cause I don't think that's what a good parent does. Yeah. No, I, no, I agree. I was you know? thinking about that. I mean, I, I remember thinking, oh, it was kind of sad when you guys went away and went to school and stuff, but you, I love you, but you weren't my whole life. You know yeah, what I mean? I mean and, that's healthy. Yeah. And Ed and I had a, a life, you know, without you guys, before you guys and after you guys, and we kept going. And I think that's, I think that's important. And then my life even got more busy with the business stuff. But I do remember, and I think this is a different age too. I do remember my dad telling my mother when I went away to college, because I was the second one, you better find something to do to fill your life. Because I think back then she did great mom, but she doted on us Mm -hmm. and that was her life. And so he, I remember him telling her, you need to go find something to do now because you're going to be, you know, sad. A hobby, like yeah, something that you enjoy. Yeah, because you're going to be sad because they're gone. And I, I was sad when you guys were gone, but I had a, kind of still had a- Fun too. It's a different phase. Oh, yeah. I can remember your dad and I go, whoo, you know. Thanks. You still had a life. <laughs> yes. I actually have vivid memories, even when we were younger, of you guys like going on date night or, yeah. and we would have a babysitter or something and you were- all dressed up. You were so yes. beautiful. So we You'd did come stuff. out. I remember like how you smelled everything. Mm-hmm. And I remember dad just being like, wow, your mom's amazing. Like, look how beautiful yeah. your mom is. Look at her always yeah. like hyping you up, which yeah. I think is really important in a marriage yes. and in a yes. significant other. Like, what are you saying about them when, when they're not there? Because you weren't there for those conversations. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. do you know how amazing your mom is? Yeah. She's the best mom, all this kind of stuff. But I always viewed that as a good thing. I mean, sure. I was like, what babysitter am I? Like, where are you going? Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously it wasn't no. frequent, but whenever it happened, it's like good for you guys because yeah. you always had a life. Like yeah. you never, I think that's important. I think you have to keep a life, you know, again, it goes back to you keeping who you are, keeping true to who you are. What's it like to have a child that is so successful and in the public eye? Oh, crazy, crazy. It is. Cause I mean, there, I look at you, you're just Courtney to me, but it's, it's when it hits me or things like when we're out, and people are coming up to you. It's just, it's bizarre. <laughs> people come up to you too. When they I'm do, not there, right? which is really weird. Yes, which is really weird, which I mean, I don't mind. It's just, it's, it's, yeah, it's very odd to me because you're just courty. That's true. What tradition that you started young, were you glad that, and you still do it today? Oh, I think probably Christmas. I'm big on Christmas. I love Christmas. Decorating, doing Decorating it up. and doing it up and making a big deal of it and huge Christmas Eve dinners. We always hit traditional that, cr- traditional Christmas breakfast. And I think tradition, whatever it is, is important. Like you are the queen of entertainment. It's fine. Like the way that you do it up is like you could teach a master class. How did you build my confidence starting at a young age? That's the question. How did I build your confidence? I've, I don't know if you remember this, but I do. I've taken a lot remember. of tips away from you and I do it on Kinsley. You always told me it's like really cool to be different and embrace yes. who you are and embrace what makes you, you. Isn't that funny? Cause when you're, uh, when you're a kid and you're in school, you just want to be like everybody else. And when you get out of school, you want to be unique. So I think I tried to tell you early on, it's cool to be different. Mm-hmm. You know, every, I, I was different when I was young. And so I think I kind of, you know, tried to make you feel that too. It's cool to stand out and not be like everybody else. I think I double down on that with Kinsley. Yeah. And I try to get really granular. Like mm-hmm. it's really cool to be tall or it's cool to be different mm-hmm. or cause I, I'm, I foresee where things are going Yeah, with her, with her. And I really have doubled down on that so that if someone tries to tease her when, you know, she's like becoming taller than everyone taller else than she's every, in middle school, it's every so tall and she's going to be like, and yeah. How cool is that? Next. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> what are some of your hobbies? What are some of my hobbies? Probably cooking is going in the kitchen. is like my escape when I'm stressed or something's going on. I'll realize I'm in the kitchen making something. Anything kind of artistic and creative is I think where I outlet. I don't outlet as much as I should right now. That's my fault. I need to get back into it because I can tell I get a little, a little cranky, a little stressed when I'm not doing something. So I'm trying to get back into painting and things like that. Where do you see me in five years? Oh, Wow. Where do I see you in five years? I think, you know, I think dibs will be huge by then. And I don't know. You have this, uh, hopefully a new chapter for you. Probably going to be married by then. You think, do you think I'm going to find someone? I do. I don't think it's easy. 
And I don't think it, it's going to be easy. I don't think it's easy to find that person. And probably the older you get, the harder it is. But harder because you know what you want more. You've grown into who you are. And I yeah. think easy. So it's easier in that way. You know more what you want. Yes. But I think you got, you know, it's harder. And, and, but the, also the longer you're alone and you get more comfortable and you're, it becomes harder to compromise more Definitely. and more. So I think that becomes a difficult My tolerance balance. for people's shit is very low. Yeah. And I don't think, I think you're going to meet somebody in an obscure way. Like what? Like, like on a work trip or something like that. You're going to be set. I don't think you're going to, I think, you know, it's kind of a saying, but I think you're going to find him when you're really not looking. I don't think you're going to find him like that, out looking. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll have to roll this tape in the future if that <laughs> ever happens. How to protect your children from bad outside environments without being a helicopter parent? That's a really good question. Oh, that is a good question. Finding that balance. But quite frankly, it's more of a question for you than me. I cannot imagine raising somebody right now. You know, the, I think the problem is there's so much instant info and, and from all over that I have met we didn't it, have. For but sure. She's young. You're, you're going to hit it. In for a sure. Few but years. I remember you... Do you remember when I toilet paper TP'd that house? I TP'd one house my whole life. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. When I TP'd that house, you were so mad. Yep. And I felt terrible because it wasn't in alignment with my character. Mm -hmm. I just, it was like something I got peer pressure. Into I mean, I was in fifth grade. Like mm -hmm. this isn't, but you never let me spend the night at that person's house again. Yeah. Well, but that's what I'm saying. You created oh, boundaries. Yeah, yeah. So that I, I guess think, you figure out. Yeah. If, if you, then you kind of learn, okay, well, these parents don't line up with what I think is the right thing. So we'll scratch them off the sleepover list. <laughs> yeah. I hot take. I saw Lisa Allen talk about this. A woman that I follow mm. who has four daughters. And I saw her talk about this on Instagram one day. And she said she doesn't let her daughters have sleepovers. And that's something that really resonated with me. I am not going to let Kinsley have sleepovers. I'm not going to let Kinsley have sleepovers. If someone wants to sleep over at our, our house, totally fine. Yeah. But I don't know the parents like that. And yeah. even when you think you know people, a lot of times you don't. You don't. Like that might people. be jaded, but it's true. Mm -hmm. People are weird. I think I didn't realize that until you guys hit middle school. Yeah. I think in elementary school, probably it was a smaller group and I kind of knew them from preschool up. And there may be like middle two people that you, I would be okay yeah, with. Yeah. When you hit middle school, I kind of realized, wait a minute. All these parents don't have my values. You know, and what? that can, was a tough thing. And to anyone realize. that I can think of that I would allow her to spend the night at their house, it's like my friends now. Yes. They're your friends. They're not just parents. They're not parents yes. of some child. And I will let people sleep at our house. I think the thing that she said too, that was really cool. is like, you stay as late as you want. I'll pick you up at one o'clock. I'll pick yeah. you up at midnight. You can experience all the things that other people are experiencing in, at the sleepovers mm -hmm. so that you don't have to miss out, but you don't need to sleep there. Yeah. So unnecessary. Hot take. What's your favorite entertainment tip? I try to prep as much of it as I can ahead. That way, A, it's cleaned up and B, I can enjoy it. And I can enjoy the people that are there instead of I'm not one of those that does all the last minute cooking. I do it. Most of it is I can do ahead and cleaned up. And then I'm having fun. They're having fun. Cause I think if you're relaxed, your guests are, I think if you're running around and it, they just don't feel comfortable. So you, you want people to feel comfortable and, you know, relaxed in your house and having fun. So you also have always said to me, everyone ends up in the kitchen. Yes, they so do. Thinking about that uh -huh. as you entertain. Yeah. Do you yeah. think you just own it and you, you own it. They just, I mean, you just, it is, it, what it is just it, set stuff up there. How do you work around that? Yeah. Well, even Thanksgiving, remember the, other, the other day I was yelling at people, you're too the, nice. I was yelling at people to get out of the way. The, if you're not helping get out of the way. The appetizers <laughs> were even in the living room. The bar was in the living room and people were standing around in the kitchen. It was pretty funny, but it is what it is. When it's a smaller group, I just do that end of the island. I put, I put the apps right there. People are going to end up there. If you're in there, I get it. If you're in there cooking and stuff, that's fine. So just make it again, make it relaxed, make it comfortable. So people feel comfortable. I think people, if they're in your, your kitchen, it's more of a warm, friendly thing and it's not so formal. And I think people want to feel more apart and yeah, as opposed to, you know, you're not in a restaurant, so they want to feel a part of your home. So kind of roll with it. Let's talk about dad. Let's talk about dad. I know you don't want to talk about this. Don't want to talk about it. 
why am I going to cry now? <laughs> I hate this. Obviously dad was the best, not without fault. Aren't we all? But he was an incredible dad, an incredible husband. Let's talk about something positive first. What were qualities he had that you think people are universally positive qualities that people should look for in a partner? He was super, super smart. He was personable, very personable. He walked in, he, he we used to joke. <laughs> he worked a room. Oh yeah, he worked a room. Do not hand him a mic. I mean, it became a joke. You know, he would talk for hours. He was great telling jokes. I can't remember a joke two seconds after I've heard it. And he's a, such a storyteller Yeah, too. Yeah, he was very, you know, he was very entertaining. You wanted to have him around because he was entertaining. He was Big just, personality. He was, no idea where pers- I got it. Uh, in a relationship, he was very good at walking in the door and leaving work at work. Mm. He was very good at that. I mean, he and I would talk at night and stuff about it, but you kids, if he had had a bad day or something was going on bad at work, you guys didn't know it. He walked in the door, he left it and he, he became your dad. That's so interesting because I have ended relationships for that reason. Many, in mm-hmm. fact, mm-hmm. where was, people mm-hmm. hated their job or they were having a, really hard time in that category and we're just miserable to be around because it was constant 24 mm-hmm. seven. So that's really good. Yeah. He was very good at, com- it, it, he was also playful. Yeah. It compromised. He was a kid. Yeah. He was, he was a like kid. a kid at heart. Uh-huh. He asked me one time and he was in his sixties then he goes, it's okay that I still ride my motorcycle. You know, <laughs> am I too old? Should I not be doing this anymore? What did you say? No, go for it. You know? Yeah. You guys did a really yeah. good job of letting each other be yourself. Yes. And I think that, but that, that worked for us. That's not, we had a friend who could never understand that we weren't together 24 seven. You know, on the weekends I would go do my thing. I'd be antiquing. He'd be playing golf. We'd end up together at night and having dinner and having a great time, but that we didn't do the same things 24 seven, but that worked for us. I needed space. He needed space. And, but that's finding that person that works for you. They're, you know, friends that like their partner with them in every activity they do. That would make me insane. Do you have like a favorite story about dad or something that always makes you laugh when you think about it? What do you think about that? Oh, I'd have to think about that one for a minute. That's too hard to do on the spur. I can't think about that one. I don't know. I guess I think back sitting around at dinner parties and him telling hysterical jokes. He used to try to balance a spoon on his nose. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was funny. Do you remember that time we what were we eating something in Vermont? Oh, he put everything on his head. Do you remember that? Everything. At Christmas, you'd open a yeah. bowl yes. and it would go. Yep. Somebody would give you a, Package, gor- a, a gorgeous bowl, some fancy crystal bowl. And next thing you know, he has it on his he head. He was a kid. He was always he was, a yeah, kid. Yeah, he was very playful. Yeah, I think that's like. Keeps you young. Great as a parent, too. Mm-hmm. But okay. he was also serious. He had the other side. Yes, yes. There are also people that are always kids and never have the serious Which is moment. annoying because you can't have real conversations. Exactly. He was intense. Oh, yeah. He was very intense. So he had both sides, which was fun. Get you a man who can do both. Get you a man who can do both. You found out dad was sick for the first time because you found out before I found out. Yes. Obviously. Yes. Were you immediately like, this is not going to be good? Or did you start... No, no. Well, A, I found out he was still out of it from the procedure. And the guy comes in and looks at me, got to love a doctor. And he goes, oh, he has colon cancer. You didn't know before that? No. And he's out of it. And the guy just looks at me. You need to go find an oncologist. He has colon cancer. Oh, after the, what's it called? Colonoscopy? Really? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And Which so you- is crazy. Obviously, reminder, always go and... Get yourself checked regularly, but he did yes. regularly. Yes. He did the schedule that they recommended and it was just very fast growing cancer. If you're new and you have never listened to the podcast, my dad passed away five years ago of cancer, colon cancer. And it was, he had gone two years before. A year and a half. A year and a half before. Yeah. So he was on schedule taking them, but anyway, he wasn't feeling good. He didn't and, feel good, went to the doctor. Yes. And they ran a million tests, couldn't find anything wrong. He kept, Which is crazy. Oh yeah. Well, but I guess, well, anyway, they couldn't find anything. And he called, I, re- I remember I was in Virginia working and he calls me, all the tests came back. They're great. Nothing's wrong. And I go, listen, you don't feel good. Think Something's wrong. wrong. You know, your body, everybody knows their body. I said, you go back go back. And he did. 
And the doc said, the only thing I can think of is have a colonoscopy. He said, but you just had one a year and a half ago. And they found nothing. And they found nothing. So either they missed it or it was, it's truly that yeah. fast growing. Yes. So, which is crazy. So we, shocking that he had cancer. But when we went to the oncologist, he, we had a, we had a trip coming up and stuff and he goes, oh no, go on it. He said, it's so slow growing. You'll be typically? fine. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was typically slow mm-hmm. growing. We'll take care of it when you get back. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So when did you realize this isn't good? Um, not good, meaning like we're probably not going to make it out of this one. Uh, it, well, he had had several surgeries. Mm-hmm. It was a few surgeries in. First I forgot surg- about some of those. I oh, think I had blocked some uh, of oh, them I blo- I can't go through it chronologically yeah, yeah. because I've totally blocked it out. But I know the first time, the first one he went through, he sprung back really fast. He was back at work. But it they just, almost wanted to do a study on him. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Because of how quick how quick he, he snapped back. He snapped back. But anyway, so then when it started going south again and then again, then you kind of started thinking, wait a minute, they're not on top of this like they, yeah. I think that's something I personally can look back on and be really proud of him for. He fought. Yes, he hard. did. Yeah, he did. He did. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. Don't you. I'm trying to hold it together. That's one of my, that's one of my flaws. You want to talk character flaws. You brush everything. Under the no, rug. no. I hate yes, that. I, I hate that. I cry. I hate that. I cry. I never cry unless I'm talking of, about dad. I, I cry at the drop of a hat and I hate that about myself because I can't control it. I think I mean, look, I'm, the I'm only look, thing that makes me cry is talking about dad. And if I look at you. Okay. So we'll just both look ahead and finish the conversation. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. How did you get through it like how or what what can you tell other people who are going through that or how did you because you handled it with so much grace like you're such a ride or die person that you dug your heels in and I mean you are fucking badass when it's going on you can't think about it you go into business mode this is what's going on let me find out the information how do I handle it how do we get through this? Because I realized at one point, you know, he's so sick. It's me. I'm yeah. the one calling the docs. So I'm, it's almost I'm, like clinical. I'm the one screaming and you you can't get, you can't let yourself feel. At that point, you can't. It's business. You put your head down and you go because that's what you have to do. So during the process, that's how I handled it. After dad passed away, mm-hmm. you have created and continue to create such a full and at least from what I perceive, happy, well-rounded life. How did you sort of, what seemed like at least like seamlessly transition into still going and growing and living? It wasn't seamless. Oh, now you you did it with grace. Did it with grace. Oof, sorry, hold on. Less expensive than therapy. <laughs> I cried so much. I can remember one day thinking, can I get through one day without crying? Yeah. But then you just, you, I don't know, you just have to pick yourself up. And I, I think about, this is horrible what I've gone through, but there are so many people in this world who've gone through much worse than I have. So that's where I go yeah. with the perspective. You know, yes. I'm, you know, I'm blessed. I'm blessed to have had somebody in my life that long that was so amazing. So that's what I work on. That's what I work on is just being thankful perspective. I think yes. about that a lot too. And that's obviously because I was raised by you. Yeah, I have often said, and I think, I really believe that since dad passed, God has shown me how many people have shitty dads Oh yeah, or shitty partners. Yes. But all in all for me, I really have realized that I would take having a really great dad for 30 years yeah, over a shitty, crap. crappy, yes. half-ass. Yes. So that's, you just have to you find, know, you know, I, I think that's one thing you learn as you get older too. You know, you can get upset, you can get, you know, mad at a friend or you can get, you know, feel like you've been hurt or done wrong. And I have learned over the years, holding negativity hurts you more than it hurts them. And I just, so I kind of really work on that. You just have to remember you're blessed and wake up every day and think about something you're grateful for. And, you know, you got to keep living. He wouldn't want you not to. No, he wouldn't. I think about that a lot. Yeah. What's one thing that you wish you knew earlier in life? It can be anything. I think I wish I knew. Like one thing you would tell your younger self or tell me at my age that you now have 67 years of wisdom. Oh, 
Remember what's important. You know, I think when you're younger, I mean, I did when I, I remember when I first moved here, you go to lunch with all these women and stuff and all that. That's lovely. It's like at the end of the day, it's, yeah. it's what makes you happy and it's your family. And I think that's where your bond should be. Your focus at all times, they ought to be your top priority. You know? And keep your circle small. My circle has gotten so much smaller over the years small. that people, when I focus on or put effort into a new, like a new friendship, mm-hmm. spend time with somebody any amount mm-hmm. of time. It's so, it's like something I compliment to the highest degree because I don't really let that many new people get that close these days. And that's not to sound jaded. It's just like, I'm busy and my focus is, Kinsley and my family and my best yeah, friends and you have to prioritize. my work. And it's like, you just don't have time. Like cut the shit. Yeah. You cut don't have, you don't have time or you're not giving anybody enough, you know, if you're trying to do it so much and anybody that brings any kind of negativity, I think negativity is so dangerous. Toxic. Yeah. So don't let it in. Stress too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Stress is havoc on your body. Too. Anything else that you want to share? Oh, I think I've shared. <laughs> I think I've shared. Yeah. Well, thank you for being on Courtside with Courtney. I love you. I love you. An honor to be your daughter. And I'm so happy you're here. I love you too. (laughs) What a shit show. (laughs) Bye everybody. Get out of here.